0: This is episode 584 of the Pixelated Sausage podcast for Friday, February 1st, 2019. I am your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I'll be talking about Wargroove, some more Jade Empire, and a little bit of what I've been watching. And that's pretty much it. It'll probably be a shorter episode. Not much to talk about, really. I think the Anthem demo should be live now, but live for everyone that is. But I just remembered right now that I downloaded it after the whole Xbox Live kerfuffle, which didn't last too long, seemingly. Uh, I forgot I had it. I haven't loaded it up to see if it's live now. I could have talked about that, but oh well, what you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys, something else. Uh, Bad Boys, speaking of Bad Boys, those movies aren't good. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. I just felt like saying it. Anywho, I have played about three hours, just under three hours of Wargroove. I have made it through the first two acts of the single-player campaign. And I am liking it, but I'm not loving it. And I think the reason why I'm not loving it is because Into the Breach has ruined me on these types of tactics games. And I think why that is is because I like the streamlined, no-fat way uh, take on this genre that Into the Breach has. You, you you know how everything's set up in Into the Breach, and you just you tackle it like... A game of chess, and these games like Advance Wars or War Groove, are more. They're larger in scale, and take more time to go through one battle. I could get through three, four uh, battles in into the breach uh, during the same time that it would take me to play probably an average battle in War Groove, and I think I'm just maybe. I don't, I don't know if it's that I've never enjoyed that all that much because I remember playing Advance Wars and loving it, but I've only ever played Dual Strike on the DS, which came out almost 15 years ago. I didn't mess around with... Whatever, I don't... What is it? Days of Ruin or something? The, the one that had muddy, dark visuals that weren't as inviting as the colorful ones in, in Dual Strike, so I never messed around with that one. So it's been a very long time since I've played Advance Wars. And I've played similar-ish games on iOS or whatever. I think the the great little Big War or whatever was an Advance wars S game. But I haven't delved too much into these types of games. I I think I should really try the, the Fire Emblem games already because another thing that is lacking that could keep me more invested in Wargroove is some kind of story and potential progression system. I don't know if that exists in Fire Emblem, but the length of battles can just go on longer than I would like. And battles can be a bit tedious and tiring at a point. And I miss the streamlined nature of Into the Breach where you have a fixed playing field all the time. It's always the exact same size. And you are, you have a, a certain number of units that you have, and then the enemy will bring out a few every turn. But you never have battles where both sides have double-digit number of units and that you're dealing with all this back and forth and, and turn after turn, and you go into like turn 16 or whatever in a battle, uh, as opposed to the always four turns of Into the Breach. So I think part of it is just... Being at a different place in my life, where I find time very valuable, and the the tedious nature at times of War Groove is not clicking with me, I turned off combat animations because I found those to be really uh, just repetitive. At a point, I was I was sick of seeing them. You can hold you can hold a button like the B button to skip. I'm playing on Xbox One, and you can hold a button to skip it, but you have to hold that button for two seconds, I think. And those combat animations usually last around, I don't know, four seconds or so, which in the grand scheme of things isn't that long. But if you're seeing those over and over and over again, it's it just gets a bit... Uh, it, be, it becomes a bit much. And you can change that in the settings to have it happen only when you're fighting, so you won't see it when the enemy's attacking you. That isn't what I want, really, um... You can only have it when the commanders attack, which is so infrequent that when it does show up, I just feel like, ugh, this is weird because I'm not seeing this with any other unit. And so I, I just turned it off completely because I found that it added little to the game. But at the same time, the game does then lose some character and personality when that's turned off, which, of course, is a choice that I'm making. So I am doing that for a different reason and then losing something else out in the process. I'm gaining something while losing something at the same time. And it's just me making the choice that I would rather gain this than uh deal with the loss of the other thing. But in something like Into the Breach, there there are more visual things you can see in the fight that don't have to have these extended cutscenes um, that I really appreciate. When you're when you're not seeing these combat animations you just see a little tick and then a number is change and all that so the combat is somewhat less satisfying but i feel like the the, the like i'm saying the the, the 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 what i'm losing out you know and having the combat being somewhat more satisfying by seeing these animations i'm gaining valuable time in seconds that add up and because the animations are always the same and you might have a different background depending on where the enemy place or, or the unit placements are. Uh, otherwise, it's just the same stuff. Um, the story is whatever. It's not really doing much for me. Uh, some of the side missions are I'm finding much more enjoyment out of the side missions. There's one where you're controlling the dog commander, which is fun. And then a few other ones where you just get to play around with other commanders. My favorite side mission was... Well, I really liked the dog one. But then there was another one that was just a single square uh, area. And you had the commander in the middle surrounded by eight units. One in one corner and one in the opposite corner. And then you just had to kill the other commander. Which feels very akin to like chess. Which I really liked. I, I liked that, that layout and that side mission a lot. Um... But there's just something about it that's not clicking with me. And I think it is just the the meatier nature of it. And that I want something more to keep me invested in the, the time. I want something to go along with the time investment. Some kind of character investment or something. This I wish this story was better. Or, or just something that would make me more invested in the game and these long drawn out battles because there are some dialogue and things that happen in these battles but none of it is anything that makes me care Uh, and, and going to the battles, so the way it works is that you have your units and after the first few areas you'll have a commander who has a special ability their groove ability which they build up as they attack enemies and defend or whatever and these will range from being able to, uh, to heal uh, a certain amount of units within uh, a vicinity to the commander, putting down a stone that will make a defensive aura uh, for certain tiles. The dog can give all units that are adjacent to it a second turn, which is really powerful. It's probably my favorite of all the, the abilities there's one who can throw up these, like, vines that I guess you can use to attack enemies, but I never got the the, the chance to try them out. Um, and, that, and, that, and that's cool. Um, and then you have your base units, you know, you have archers, you have pikemen, you have you know, your spearmen, your, your cavalry, your swordmen, um your catapults, and, uh, and all those type of things. And each different um, group or whatever, um, army, faction, will have its take on those classes. And they have, each class has their strengths and weaknesses in terms of what type of units they're good against and, and weak against. And their bonuses, like the spearmen will... Do extra damage they will always get a critical if they are adjacent to another one of their types of units so if they're next to another spearman they will do a critical attack um dogs will do a critical i think if another dog is next to one of the the, the same enemy um, swordmen do criticals if they're next to the the commander and and etc uh I didn't need to put the end there. Just etc. Um, and it's fine. Like, it's really sad. I can't go into great detail as to how it differs from Advance Wars. Because it's been so long since I've played Advance Wars. But it reminds me a lot of Advance Wars. It just is... I mean, I, the thing is, Into the Breach has kind of ruined me. Because I've never been the biggest... I don't want to say I'm not a fan of this genre of tactics game. I just haven't gone out of my way to play a lot of them. I've enjoyed them as I've played them. But I've never loved them that much until Into the Breach. Into the Breach was like turning on that light bulb of the tactics genre. My favorite prior to that would probably be XCOM. I really loved the XCOM reboot. Um, love Mario plus Rabbids as well. But Into the Breachers is so special. And while they are different, there's still a lot of uh, stuff that's the same about them. I am excited to play around with the multiplayer and all that. Because that's something that you don't get in Into the Breach. That is is where I think I'll be able to better figure out uh, how I feel about Wargroove. And also in the arcade mode. I think the campaign is just sort of a okay way of learning the game and the mechanics and the units and all that jazz. And then the real meat of the game is playing online, messing around with custom maps, creating your own if you want, and doing the arcade mode, which allows you to just I'm not I've unlocked the arcade mode, but I haven't messed around with it yet. But you can pick what commander you prefer and then I'm assuming just either go through like some kind of pre made not campaign, but like not pre-made, um, but like maybe a procedurally generated campaign or something of this this sort. Or maybe it's just sort of like Mortal Kombat and you go through like eight areas and then you get to the boss area and then you're done. I don't know. But I'm much more excited to get around to that. I, 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 the campaign is just tedious. And it has dialogue that, there's there's more dialogue and more story than I was expecting and I don't care about any of it. Um, but yeah it has like an overworld map set up so you just go from air to air you can get higher metals and all that jazz uh, some levels have fog of, uh, fog of war that you have to deal with which I don't particularly enjoy because one of the ways you're able to deal with that is by using the dog units which I just hate I hate the dog units I hate using them and placing them over the map so that you can see a lot of it because uh, when you reveal part of the map uh, and you keep moving forward. If you don't leave enemies behind, then that part of the map will turn back into fog, uh, which I guess is how I don't know. I don't know how Fog of War works in every game, but I feel like in the few games that I've played that use it, that's not how it works. But I don't know. Um, but it's fine. I, I don't mind that aspect of it. But yeah, I just I, I want to like War Groove more. Than I currently am liking it. I like it, but it's just not clicking with me in the same way that I'm like into the breaches. And I know people are gonna say, well, they're they're very different games. They're not very different games. They're pretty damn similar. They are different, sure. They are different. Uh, into the breaches, chess, and War Groove is Risk or Axis and Allies or those types of games. Um, it's larger in scale. And more time-consuming, but you know, for me, uh, and they and they inc- well, no, I was gonna say they include multiplayer. No, chess is two-player. Um, but I like the. I just like the simplistic nature of Into the Breach uh, a lot more. And in part just because I, I like, I think War Group is something that is a thing that is meant for multiplayer and it's you know i think that's like how the campaign is just like here figure out how all these things work and then use this knowledge in other modes but i'll see as i play more of it the and it's crossplay, i believe it's crossplay, uh, and all that across everything um switch xbox one pc and that includes all the custom maps and all that stuff which is really great when i checked earlier today it had uh, there were already hundred and seventy or so maps uh uploaded, so decent uh community so far it seems haven't messed around with multiplayer I think I already said that, but uh well, that's war groove. I'll probably talk about it more next week, probably just a meal in the next episode on Monday as I play more, probably will finish the campaign by then and get. A taste of what the multiplayer is like. Uh, uh, so yeah, look forward to that. I guess I don't. Man, just into the breach. Into the breach is magic and perfect, and it is such a refinement of that genre and boils it down into a perfect slice. And uh, like, into the breach is a perfect hamburger with a perfect patty that is perfectly round and war groove is a sloppy joe sloppy joe is, is good it's good but it's a bit messy and into the breach is just perfect and that that cheese was laid on it so perfect so that every single corner is the exact same and the tomato is like i don't it's just perfect into the breach is so good now i just want to play into the breach into the Reach needs to be on Xbox One so that I can mess around. Another weird thing about Wargroove, going back to Wargroove, is that during the first few missions as it's teaching you the game and the mechanics and the controls, it tells you to get an overview of the map because the map can be bigger than the actual screen. So it can, you know, you might have to scale around uh, and all that, scroll around. It tells you to just click on a, uh, an unoccupied tile and then press a and then click overview and it tells you to do this also with when you want to end your turn but you can just press the start button and get to the overview and end turn options i don't know why they tell you you know go find a a, a, an empty tile and then press a and then do that when you could just press start at any point whenever you want it's just its just a weird thing to tell people to do. Because that feels... In terms of controls, that is incredibly clung, uh, clunky. And if that was the only way to do it, I probably would like it even less. Because I, when I first saw that, I'm like, Are you kidding me? This is the only way to do it? It's, you can't just have me press the start button, and then I press the start button. You know, whatever. Three-line button on the Xbox One, whatever. Uh, it worked, which was fine. And... and One thing I do really like about the game is the difficulty options, the way it handles the difficulty. So there are three options. Damage taken, how much damage you receive. You can adjust the percentage. So everything starts in the middle. So with that, it's at 100%, but you can boost it up to 200% or drop it down to like zero or whatever, where you take. You you still take damage, but you take very little. Uh, I accidentally, for the first handful of missions, had it almost at 200% and I was wondering why the game was so challenging this early on. I'm like, these are like the early missions that are trying to teach me how to play the game. Why is it why is it so difficult? What is going on? And then I checked and I saw that. Oh, because I, I was just messing with them earlier and then quit out of the game before I even played it and it saved all that crap. Uh, I thought it didn't because I didn't I thought that I thought it was campaign specific, but it wasn't and I realized that the hard way. But you can also adjust the groove, the, the time it takes to build up your groove meter, and then how much income you get. So another thing I didn't mention about the game is that when you're in the, the maps and all that jazz, you are capturing buildings, and every building will provide you with income, which you use to build units, and you'll have your, your barracks, and you can capture more barracks as well if there are more on the map and you use the barracks to build one unit per turn and yeah so you can if you if you turn that all the way up it is like 500% gold instead of the regular 100% you will never need to worry about gold you will have way i i tried to see what the game was like with it on super easy and super hard on super hard it's challenging especially if you if you mess around with the gold cuz then it's hard to Get units, uh, um, but when you crank everything up to the easiest option you're just able to build the most expensive unit every single turn, always, and you'll have w- more than enough money left over the enemies do so little damage to you and you pretty much build up your groove meter after every attack uh, which it, it breaks the game in a, uh, in a little way Um, but if you like these types of games and you just don't want a super channel, I I like that type of difficulty where it isn't just, okay, we have easy, normal, and hard. No, you can mess around with it and see what feels best for you. Maybe you like receiving more damage, but you want to be able to get more gold so you can build units more frequently and and play it that way. Or you want to just have it be the same, but you want... A little bit harder enemies, and you want the the groove meter to fill up faster. Uh, so I like that kind of customization, the options um, for difficulty. Um, and then that that's finally it <laughs> for War Group. Then i played some more Jade Empire, and it'll be interesting when I finish it and record that episode of second runs, because there's plenty of things I like about it, but I am really hating the combat. I think it's a it's a bad combat system and that's really disappointing. And not because it lacks depth, but because it just is a it is a bad system mechanically. And the way animations work and all these things and how it locks you in place and the time it takes for attacks and just it feels really shitty. It, it 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 feels like it's in real time, but really not. And I, I don't know how else to describe it. it. Just when you attack, you're not attacking an enemy. You're just attacking the spot in front of you. And the animations are longer than I would like. And it just you can't break out of them. I, I don't. I don't think you can roll or dodge or jump out of an animation once you begin it, and you have these super powered attacks which you use to break through tree, uh, shields, but those take probably two plus seconds, maybe three seconds to actually begin. Like the 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 build up to them actually attacking takes too long, and yeah, I don't know. But I like a lot of uh, the rest of the game. I like the world and the art uh, and the characters and the voice acting. So I'm enjoying all that. I'm just not really enjoying the combat system, which isn't surprising given that it's a Bioware game. I just had better memories of it. Uh, and then, in terms of what I've been watching, I rewatched There's Something About Mary, and I still really like that movie. Which was a pleasant surprise. I was worried I wouldn't like it, uh, but uh, I still enjoyed that. And then I watched Heart and Souls, this Robert Downey Jr. movie that I remembered from a while ago, where there was an accident, and when he was pregnant, and not when he was pregnant with the helmet on, his mother was pregnant with him, driving him to the hospital, but he was born in the car, I believe. And then this bus got into an accident. Everyone on board died. And these ghosts were stuck to him for some reason. Uh, They left him when he was a kid because they were giving him issues. They They weren't bothering him, but they were causing people around him to be like, He's weird. There's something wrong with him. And they felt like it would be best to leave him and let him be. And then they become a part of his life again. And he has to help them finish their business, and it's just a fun, light little comedy. And it's nothing too special, but I enjoyed it. Um. So yeah, and then I, I watched Dark City, and I watched it, and then I started watching it again. Cause I want to like it more than I do. I just I don't like it, not really at all. Conceptually, I think there's some interesting things there. But I think why I want to like it more than I do and why I really want to like it more than I do is because I know my dad loves it and I remember watching it when I, with him when I was younger and I want to recapture that moment and it just isn't there. I just don't, I don't like it. Um, but it's weird that I feel some kind of need to do that with Dark City over other movies where I don't care and I will tell them that no these are actually bad movies with Dark City I'm like God, why I want to like this but I don't yeah I don't know nothing too exciting going on I'm kind of tired after that rambly war groove thing where I talked about it and then I stopped and I was like oh no wait here maybe I should tell you about this part of the game too okay now I think I'm done for, for real uh, yeah that, that's it speaking of movies though and all that kind of jazz friend was talking to me about the the Criterion streaming service, which I didn't mention. I think it was already announced last episode. I think it's a good thing. I'm already subscribed to so much that it's just not for me, and I own so many Criterions because I love Criterion. But I was thinking about it, and what would make me really interested and probably make me subscribe to a Criterion subscription service is if they included not only the movies but the special features as well because half of the reason why i love criterion is for the special features they put a lot of love and care into you know either getting new or just getting the best uh special features uh, for a particular film you know that that's not always the case some movies have minimal special features <laughs> sometimes they have very little i think uh one of... uh I don't know if it was... One of Kurosawa's films or not. Or something else. If it's Outlaw Samurai. There's some movie that... Has like nothing on it. Which is a surprise from Criterion. Or I may be thinking of something else from Twilight Time. I don't know. But there are still times where... Their special features are lacking. But if they included those... I would be all over it. Because I love special features... A lot of Criterion things come with great documentaries, whether they're new for Criterion or older stuff that is just harder to find. I mean, you can probably find crap on YouTube, but I love that kind of stuff, and if that was included, I'd be all over it, but to my knowledge, no streaming service has ever included special features. I could be wrong, because I don't know about all of the uh, streaming services out there, but the big ones, as far as I know, they they don't. And when Criterion was on Hulu or Filmstruck, I don't think they included special features. And they probably wouldn't because they'd, they'd want to leave that for the physical releases, so you could, you could subscribe to the service and then, you know, if you want more, if you want to get those special features, then you could buy the actual disc. If the streaming service included some kind of discount though i don't i don't imagine the discount would be any good because it would be a discount off the MSRP which is ridiculous cuz no i don't know anyone who pays MSRP for Criterion releases which is 40 to 50 bucks depending on the movie most people will pay i mean amazon usually has 40 dollar ones for between 20 to like thirty something and twenty five bucks, and the the fifty ones between like twenty seven and thirty. So why the hell would you ever pay MSRP even if they gave you like twenty percent discount off the the Criterion official store? Mm, I could use that I guess on replacement places but outside of that, I wouldn't do it unless that's stacked with the the fifty percent off sales that happen which I think they do at times but I think they only do like here's a a daily deal 50% off whereas Barnes & Noble does a month long twice a year which you'd know if you are a big Criterion person any Criterion fan knows about Barnes & Noble's Criterion sale and that it happens I believe in July and November and it's great because you can just price match at other stores and that's what I do I price match at Best Buy and then I get my reward points in addition to wonderful Criterion movies. And, and part of the problem for me with that kind of service is just the fact that, like I said, I have a lot of Criterion's, and for the most part, I have pretty much—not not even for the most part—I have, as far as I know, everything that I want that is included. Um, and stuff that hasn't come to Blu-ray yet, I have Blu-ray versions of them. I don't know if they're—if they have high-def transfers of those movies, like. The, the Killer and Hard Those were Criterion DVD releases. They never came to Blu-ray. They came out on Blu-ray and part of Dynasty something or whatever, I think. And they're not great transfers. They're not great Blu-rays. I own them because I love those movies and because it's still better than a DVD. But if Criterion would bring those out on Blu-ray, that would be amazing. It could still happen. Who knows? Because they've done that with some stuff, and they've released movies that have been previously released by the the studios themselves, like they recently came out with Some Like It Hot, which is great, they're coming out with uh, In the Heat of the Night pretty soon they came out with The Night of the Living Dead, which I think was already released prior to that Uh, so uh, Election was another one, Ferris Bueller's I can't. Is Fierce, Fierce Bueller's Day Off coming to Criterion? I don't remember. I feel like I saw that, and then maybe not. Like the Breakfast Club. So they, they've done things where uh, that can happen, but I don't know. What I really want, I uh, but Criterion never released these on DVD either, so I don't know. I just want Arsenic and Old Lace and Roman Holiday to be released on Blu ray. There are other movies that I would really want on Blu ray, but those two in particular. I really, really want. Anywho, I think that's a good place to end this her episode. Once again, I'm your host, Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and all the usual places at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on streaming services across the globe, on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com and check it out there. If you see something you like, click the link, and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com pxs and support us that away. And As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend. Bye-bye.